Welcome to the Lawyer Life Podcast, where we seek to navigate our days with a little less stress and ideally a lot more fulfillment. In this season three, we focus on advancing our well-being, personal lives, and careers, and hopefully we'll have some fun along the way. On today's episode, we discuss the foundation of fulfillment. Wow. We're asking ourselves, how can we avoid ego-based decision-making and work toward what really matters? I'm Mike Anderson. And I'm Darlene Tonelli. Darlene, we're on our third season of this podcast of ours. Oh. <laughs> that sounds very, very good when you put it like that. Sounds like a lot of, of work so far. It sounds away. like there was two seasons and now there's <laughs> another one. <laughs> That's actually a lot more accurate. Yep. Mm-hmm. There were two seasons and this is the third. This is the third and one. It's, it's nice to be back. We've done a couple of uh, departure from our usual format uh, episodes. We've done a lot of interviews, had a lot of great guests and now today we're kind of back to our chats. The good old two-person talkie. Mm-hmm. I do like the transition of seasons when the seasons themselves, the real seasons, just just turned. It's fall yeah, now. It is. Love fall. September, I am partial to September. My birthday is in September, so maybe that's why. Uh, but it doesn't get its due, and I think it's such a great month. It's like, it's a start a new thing. Kids are go- going to school or my daughter just started preschool. It's amazing weather. It's beautiful. Big fan of fall. I think it's important. It's nice to have seasons turn. It is. Although it's funny as we get, I don't know, there's something that's happened all over social media. It's always like, it's pumpkin spice time. I'm like, I kind of remember a time when fall wasn't pumpkin spice time. Like, it's yeah. just one small component of fall. There's so many wonderful things about fall. But uh, yeah, that seems to be the the new way well, of we, it's the commercialization fall. of the seasons, uh, Darlene. It's, I guess see, so. We can no longer appreciate the natural elements. It's about what the what the corporations tell us. You need a six dollar latte to uh, really appreciate. Yeah. <laughs> what's happening here? That was anyway. my NPR voice, by the way. It was good. It was quite NPRish. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So. Mm-hmm. To so to let everybody in on the secret of what the heck this new season is about. Uh, short summary is thus: uh, we're going to do twelve episodes uh, divided up between three topics: so wellness, personal lives, and career. Uh, we're going to in- integrate challenges, which is, so basically we're going to put our money where our mouth is, and to have some good takeaways for everybody, including ourselves. So at the end of every episode, we will issue a modest kind of challenge to ourselves and anybody that wants to join to you know bring in whatever the topic is and whatever uh, the thing that we're trying to improve our lives with. We're going to try to bring that intangibly into our lives. So we're going to have these challenges. And then we're going to do challenge follow-up the next episode. Uh, and, and when I say we, I really mean that Darlene and I will follow up on how we personally did uh, with trying to integrate this new thing into our lives. Uh, and we encourage you all to join us, please, uh, at Lawyer Life Pod on Twitter and Instagram are great ways to contact us. Uh, there's a feedback form that is in our show notes at all times. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, but generally, that's what we're up to this season. It's a very much focused uh, season on uh, bringing our A game uh, and improving our well-being, personal lives, and careers. Yeah? Sounds great. That was an excellent summary. You're so supportive. <laughs> I think it's great. I mean, it's uh, badly needed. I think one of the interesting learnings from the Lawyer Life pod so far has been that um, we always have felt that we're not saying the most revolutionary things, but there's a little bit of this stuff just isn't said right. very often. 
So it's just not part of the common common things that people talk about. And I do feel, and perhaps it's just because people now feel more comfortable talking to me about it, but I do, uh, I do hope that this opens it up so more people just kind of look at these things as key to their overall lawyerliness. So let's, let's start. The first topic is the foundation of fulfillment. That sounds so deep. It's a big, <laughs> Super deep. it's a big topic. <laughs> We're starting with a manageable uh, foundation of fulfillment. Well, it's topic. less, I think, I don't know, in my head, this is mostly about kind of getting our priorities in order because it, it feels like if... You know, it's just like anything else. If you don't know what you're trying to achieve, it's hard to achieve it, right? Um, if you don't take time to contemplate and to try to figure something out, um, then all the all the efforts thereafter, are, um, you know, can be far less productive. So I, I guess in this episode, what we're trying to focus on is like what really matters to us. And then once understanding what really matters to us, how can we change our lives and shift certain things to to have more of what matters and less of what doesn't. Right. And I think where this kind of started and why we felt this was the place to begin this journey is that the thing about this whole um, idea of wellness is that everyone kind of assumes it's got to be, you know, you're, you got to do something more than what you're doing today. I think people assume that, mm. but I think what we don't do any, we don't spend any time saying like, where are we today? You know, are we, are we really far down the wellness scale or for us, are we okay? And I think that what we need to do is get really personalized about what we need before we kind of jump into like, oh, I have to add things into my day. No, hang on. Maybe you have to take things out of your day. You know, mm -hmm. maybe you have to get rid of some things that you don't derive fulfillment from and not always the things that seem extraneous, right? Like sometimes it's like, oh, I'm so busy. I need to drop my volunteering. Maybe not. Maybe you need to volunteer more. Like it, it's very mm -hmm. personal about um, volunteer more, work less, or um, you know, be with your family more, uh, volunteer less. Like it really depends on the person. So let's let's jump in from that vantage point. Yeah, I think it's I, well, the thing I'm interested in is like how sustainably I can encourage uh, well-being in my own life. And so you know, mm -hmm. the easy example is like everybody, you know, everybody's talking about you know, go do yoga and exercise and eat well and blah, 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 blah. That's all great. But there's no point in doing that if you're like eight to six every day is the worst thing and high stress and anxiety ridden and so on. I mean, these other efforts to try to like foster well-being matter not if the bulk of your day is a huge problem, right? So the first kind of step if I, I, for us here is to figure out what are the things that we value most? What are the things that we're best at? What are the obstacles that are stopping us from engaging mostly in those things? Um, and how can we do the, the things that really make us feel good? Yeah, no, that's right. And I think when you're thinking about what do you value most, again, back to how everyone's values are different, um, just being aware, like we talked in the episode with Professor Telfer about being aware of where it's just your thoughts versus reality. And this becomes mm -hmm. very, very, very important in this exercise because, you know, for me, whenever I have kind of made 
quantum sort of shifts towards things that are better for me. It's always started with this awareness of like, I know that I'm supposed to think this X, Y, Z thing is important, but it doesn't feel important to me. It doesn't feel fulfilling to me. And I've got to trust that feeling. I have to go with how I feel, not with what I'm told to feel. It's just a very different way of looking at it. And um, I think unless you're kind of aware or have thought or maybe heard someone talk about this, you don't always have to stumble on that by yourself. It just is like, okay, do you feel good? It's like it's such a basic question, but uh-huh. I think a lot of lawyers would have trouble with that question. I think I did for a long time. I think I told myself that once you get through law school and you start your law job, it's a slog. This is a slog and it will maybe always be a slog. Um, I do think there's something to be said for in those first years, making a commitment to yourself that there are some years in which you're learning that are difficult and that it's not all about kind of skipping off through the tulips. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. But I think when you start to accept that just because you made a choice early in your career to get training and you're now you've accepted that as your baseline of happiness and fulfillment, that's where the, the problem lies. So let's say, Um, listening to this podcast, thinking, okay, where am I at? I mean, what percentage of your time do you feel really good is sort of my first question. Um, If the answer to that's 60% and 40% really bad, okay, you know, that's not great. If the answer is 90% great, 10% bad, that feels more like a normal um, distribution of time. But again, I don't know what the ratio is for everyone, but for me, I try to work towards, you know, there's going to be tough times. I think sometimes doing things that are more fulfilling are actually very hard in some non-traditional ways, mm-hmm. um, but you, they're more rewarding in some ways. So that's where the values come in. So just to back up, if we think about what the values are, knowing your values can help you benchmark this question of like, am I happy? Am I fulfilled? Because you can tell yourself you are because you have these kind of like external markings or things that people tell you you should be happy about. But if there's a disconnect between those and how you feel, then you've got to go to the next step and say, okay, well, why? Why is there a disconnect? Because maybe my values aren't here. So if you have a big fancy job and a big fancy title, but you don't really value those things as as being important enough to uh, make sacrifices elsewhere, then you're probably not going to feel fulfilled. So it's it's a holistic set of questions, but first step is to ask the questions. Does that make sense? Or- yeah. And I think, first of all, I, um, yeah, I, I think that this profession uh, has a lot of outside noise. And, and by that, I mean, uh, you know, stereotypical standards of success and achievement and worth that are really loud. Um, and that, you know, that, that noise is quite loud. And what we're trying to focus on here is like, what internally do you feel and what are you saying internally? What drives you? Um, and, uh, you know, in an episode in our second season, Waleska Vernon had a great quote, which I think is so well put that if you don't know what you want, you'll go for what others want. And mm-hmm. that, and that really would be subscribing and listening to that outside noise, right? I think what we're trying to get to today is take some time to listen to yourself internally, put aside your ego and and find what really feels right for you um, professionally, personally, 
and so on. I, I remember like one thing that drove me actually to make a couple career transitions um, is that I just had a, had, a, had a thing in my head. Um, my parents were, were wildly supportive when I was growing up. Uh, and I remember like my, my parents would, would not only come to my um, games, but they, they would come watch my practices sometimes, like my high school football practices. I would look up and I would see my dad there. And I just knew that that's the kind of parent I wanted to be. That I've always known that, and so when it came to when it when my when I when my kids arrived, I had I started to turn my mind to like how do I get there? Like that seems it seemed like an impossibility, but I always knew that that was my goal. That's what I valued. I, I valued the idea of being a finding somehow in some job to be able to be a parent like that, um, and so that's not at all now part of the general narrative of being a successful lawyer like nobody <laughs> is saying uh that oh my gosh he is such a great lawyer because he's at his kids football practice you know uh at 4 p.m on a tuesday you know um but that was something internally i knew that was really important to me and and that has driven me to shape my career in a certain way um it, uh, and obviously uh, people have different versions of that um, but it, it, it is not easy to, you know, turn the volume down on that outside noise and turn the volume up internally. But if we can start to do that, that means that we can get to a place where we actually are able to shape our career lives and our, in our professional or our personal lives in a way that we can get to a place where we were actualizing the things we want to and becoming the thing, the person we want to be. Well, you know, what's important about what you just said there is that you said you had a vision of what yeah. it was to be a good parent. Um, and it was something that you had early. That's really lucky, I think. And I think framing it in that way is is important to people. It doesn't have to be like, I think when people are asked to sit down and, and identify values, that's a common coaching tool, obviously. Um, but I think that it's hard for a lot of people. But I think looking at what do you admire? you know, really, what do you really admire? Even if you have a boss, I mean, I had a, a boss um, at my company who was a very successful CEO, but he was also very present for his family. And it was the stuff that I saw him doing, like leaving a meeting that had 20 people in it to take a call from his teenage kids, um, you know, and just saying, I have to take this, even if it was mid-sentence, always. And to me, the little things like that were like, that's actually what I really admired. You know, I admired that more than some of the other stuff. That wouldn't be true for everyone. Um, but, you know, I think looking at a vision, like seeing yourself admiring someone in your mind and being like, what was it about that? As opposed to, I value family, because I think that's very abstract for a lot of people. And lawyers are sometimes not abstract <laughs> in our thinking. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. And it's... Any it's such a big question that I think it's hard to articulate an answer to. Um, and I've always, I maybe it's just the way that my brain works, but having, I, I don't know, it's like a picture is worth a thousand words, whatever, like having that, that image in my head, um, I was able to kind of peel back the layers of the onion to figure out, oh, okay, to get there, that will require this and this and this and this and this. And so those are the things that I need to, uh, achieve or find ways to achieve or, or to get to. You know, there's another element to that, which is if you're a visual person, 
I'm actually more of, there's a word called kinesthetic. It's like you operate by feeling. That's kind of how I am. Like if people say, what is your learning style? Like I I very much learn from like a feeling. Um, And some people learn from like an auditory, like listening. But if you are like a kinesthetic learner, then for me, I can think back to how did I feel in that situation? And what was really helpful in guiding me was that the place that I could look at my career and I could say, okay, my job requires these things. So say there were 10 things on the list. And when I'm doing eight of them, I feel pretty like fine. Um, or let's say when I'm doing five of them, I feel fine. When I'm doing three of them, I feel bad. Don't like doing those things. And then when I'm doing two of them, I feel just lit up like this is my element. And so I think part of kind of figuring out your values or where you want to direct yourself in life is like, what are those two things? Like, what are the things that really you feel that this is the best use of your time and energy and talents? And, you know, the more you can focus on orienting towards those rather than slugging it out to get better at the things that make you feel the worst, um, that can be another way of learning. Yeah, I feel like an auditory to talk to the other one. <laughs> yeah, but I do I feel like it's a it's a great point. Um, I I think the whether you're at work or at home or just you know by yourself, there's nothing better than doing something that you value and you're really good at, mm-hmm. right? Like it, it, it having your top skills align and push toward a thing that you really value achieving. That's, I mean, I feel like that's what we're all trying to get to. Right. And, and it just seems like to me, that's where you're most likely to enter kind of that, that flow state that is so good for work productivity and wellness and happiness. You know, when you just happen to be doing something that you can dial into and the rest of the world melts away. You're so present, your focus is heightened um, and the results give you like a lot of satisfaction and contentment. I mean, that's where you, I feel like you're most likely to, to find that flow state when your values and your skills most align. You know, I did hear once that a tool to help with this, um, and it may not be for everyone, but I think it's an interesting way to look at it and top of mind for me at the moment. Um, I once read that if you wanted to really figure out like what your values were, and if you were having trouble with that as an exercise, you could write, like looking back on your life, how you'd like to be remembered. And I think that what's interesting about that is that I think is an easier thing for people to do. Like, I think people could probably articulate that a lot of the time or in think, or in sitting down to think about it. Um, it really does help you kind of get your values and your the things you want to focus on in order. And then the other thing I would say um, is that the truth is, whatever your job is, whatever your day-to-day is, um, that, like, the truth of who you are and what you're great at will be what you're remembered for. You know, like whatever you were doing, it's like your true personality is going to be the stuff that like the real people around you kind of zero in on, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so there's a little bit of this that will happen, but then you kind of think, well, what more could have happened if, if you thought of these things earlier? So um, I think it's a very, it's a very powerful exercise, one worth spending a bit of time on. Um, and then, you know, maybe you have 10 values or four or one, right? Like there's room for, for movement. 
one of our earliest episodes uh, in season one, uh, I mentioned this training I did by this company named uh, Tignum, and it was mm-hmm. about sustainable high performance. One of the things they have you do off the top is write a statement about like the type of person you aspire to be. And it's like, it's statements like, I am the person that you know, dot, dot, dot. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, it, it, I, I did find it to be quite a powerful exercise. And truthfully, like I wrote it in a book and it stayed there. And really, I think the best place for it to be is like on my wall in front of me every day. Um, I think that that's a great way to uh, start to understand yourself and your priorities and your values better, but also hold yourself accountable and prioritize those, those things, right? I, I think it would be, Having those sort of statements and thoughts in front of me every day, at least I know, would mean that I would be focusing on the things that get me there and um, mm-hmm. not prioritizing the things that are hurdles or, or or distract me from becoming that you know that person. So uh, I think yeah, uh, that's a a really uh, powerful and, and important exercise. Um, agreed. You should put that on your wall. No, <laughs> I your first it. to do. Get it out. <laughs> Put it on the wall. <laughs> Maybe I'll write a new one because that was like a year plus ago. Oh, um, yeah. So I, I think that I will. Uh, and then I will put it uh, in front of me because it's it's great. Uh, and it and, um, it similar to the way that I had that vision of being the parent watching the practice on a Tuesday at whatever, three o'clock, four o'clock. It's another great way to have this, uh, you know, tangible thing that's in front of you. Um, that can lead you to start making decisions uh, that will best place you to be uh, in in a fulfilled career, personal life, so on. Mm -hmm. Totally. This is a lot. I just... (laughs) Very deep. It's a big one. uh, Maybe I just like... um, I think maybe I'm just totally putting myself into this, but I feel like lawyers, we do like to make things, uh, I don't want to say too complicated, but we're definitely thorough. So hopefully this sort of conversation is pleasing to folks that are listening. If you're listening, hopefully this is like not overwhelming. I, I don't, that's the thing that we never want to get into is that like, you know, if anybody's interested in like improving their well-being or, you know, just trying to bring their A-game in a couple places in their lives. This is, you know, a fairly, you know, lengthy chat with all this stuff that we're putting in here. It's a good point. And I think that it's it should be, <clears throat> the point should be that at the end of the day, once you establish, like really, I think it's just, if we can get aware that we're not happy or we're not fulfilled and just be like, you know what, I'm not going to delude myself that I am you know, and I'm going to take small steps to improve it, for example. So I wrote a, we can link to this article um, from the show notes, but I wrote with a a lawyer coach named Rachel Shipper, who will come on to the podcast, I'm sure during this season. Um, We wrote an article for Lexpert, and it talks about, you know, how lawyers just they know what's good for them. In some ways, they know that they don't feel fulfilled. But they're so busy and to take a minute out to just even take a couple of deep breaths a day would be an improvement um, and would be a start. And that's kind of, you know, I think that, yes, we can talk about the big picture, like trying to really get get very, very, very honest about where we're at. But the starting point is to get a little bit like to just start and just be like, you know what? 
I'm going to take a couple of deep breaths or I feel badly about how often I interact with my family and how sometimes I don't even see my kids in the morning and I'm going to every day phone them at 4.30 and no matter what, and I'm going to block that time in my calendar and I'm going to talk to them until 4.35, you know, like something small. It doesn't have to be an epic quantum shift. It doesn't have to be a change of job. It really doesn't. It can just be noticing and being like, it's okay for me to not say that this is awesome. Like to say, you know what? I'm an amazing lawyer. I have work to do in some of these other areas of my life. So um, in this article, we use a wellness index that's pretty well known. And it talks about the various like elements of wellness and the things that that add up to being a well person. And we'll talk about that stuff more as this season plays out. But, you know, it's it's broad. It's like spirituality, it's health, it's um, it's emotional connections with people, it's work. Um, there are a number of elements to it. And if you just really think about where am I at in each of these places, you kind of get a more holistic picture. Because I think sometimes the thing that I see lawyers struggling with is you know, but I ha- I am great. You know, I'm doing everything right. So I'm happy, right? Like question mm-hmm. mark. Then yeah. it's like, or I'm happy. I'm happy. Don't mess with it. I get that too. Um, yeah, that's good. If you've done that analysis for yourself and like, that's okay, then everyone's different. But I think the, the bench line or the benchmark baseline that we're talking about here is just, just no, you know, and from knowledge, you get power. And um, in the article, uh, this was a line that Rachel said, having done corporate coaching, she's a lawyer and a coach. Um, and she says, you know, it's easier to get a lawyer to buy a $50 water bottle than to take three breaths <laughs> in a day. Right. And I thought that was such an excellent point because it's like, yeah, we can throw money at a problem. Um, or we can be like, okay, good. I'm going to get my my water bottle and I'm going to drink more water and not yeah. do it like the $50 water bottles in the bag. And I, you know how my feelings on drinking water, yeah, I do. <laughs> that really spoke to me. I was like, yes, I would do that. Um, but you know, it, it should be drinking water for the, for the, for the I, new members of the audience. It's a really bad thing. So anyway, in the, in the health episode, I'll hopefully take that on as a challenge and see if my brain power improves. But anyway, yeah, it is a lot. It can be a lot. It can be a lifelong journey or it can be just a, a slight tweak. Um, so that it's, leads to something. We did the, the interview with Mark Sakamoto in season one, which is a great episode. He said something toward the end that I think I think about like at least once a week, if not far more than that. Uh, he talked about like the natural rhythms that we have in life and how easy it is to once you start spiraling down to continue to spiral down. Mm-hmm. And um, that's kind of what, I, I, or when you're spiraling up to continue to spiral up, there's momentum right. to w- whichever direction we're headed. And so if it feels like even in small ways, you're not headed in the right direction, what we're encouraging is a moment to stop, uh, acknowledge that, figure out some small things or even some bigger things um, that can help you change that momentum and, and start to spiral upwards. Um, and then, you know, there'll be great dividends and growth as time moves on. Um, this episode is about setting that the foundational elements for the rest of the season so that when we get to conversations about the topics that you've outlined, uh, Darlene and more, um, 
you know, we're, we're positioned to be able to accept some of that, uh, into our lives, um, in in a, in a more uh, full way, I think. Um, yeah. Right. This is a heavy one. We would (laughs) (laughs) good, heavy as people say, I'm good busy. (laughs) It's good, heavy. Um, I mean, I love this stuff. This stuff has been a real game changer for me in my life. And, um, I think it really does just even out so many of the sharp edges in life. You know, I think it's just like, it's just the start, you know, to just be open um, and to realize, honestly, to realize that you're not open is also important. You know, if Mm -hmm. you, if you listen to this episode and you think, you know, no way I'm not going there. Okay. I would ask, you know, why? Like, think about, think about why you can't go there. And then if that's the case, that's a whole other thing. So um, then maybe if we get feedback that that's a common thing, maybe we can, we can tackle that one. But anyway, this has been a good start. We're going to, we're going to try. What is our challenge for this week? Because each week we're going to get a challenge and give one to the, to the audience. That's correct. So uh, here comes this week's challenge. This week's challenges, write down, <laughs> and we'll post this uh, on our various social stuffs. Um, but step one: uh, write down three things you admire about other people. So, like Darlene mentioned about her boss that would step out of meetings, that would be one that that she would uh, potentially write down. Three things you admire about other people. Next step: three things that you value most in your own life. And finally. Write down a statement, you know, finish the sentence. I want people to describe me as blank. And hopefully that will start to set a foundation for uh, how we walk through the rest of the season. Awesome. I love it. Okay. But don't go anywhere, everybody, because as <laughs> always, we're going to take a break and we'll be back with our goods and grapes right after this. The Lawyer Life Podcast is brought to you by Interalia Law. Interalia lawyers have big firm training, in-house experience, and a wide range of expertise in technology, media, and entertainment. Our advice is business-focused, speedy, and practical. To learn more, visit interalialaw.com. That's I-N-T-E-R-A-L-I-A-Law.com. And we are back with our goods and gripes. What everybody comes here for... Goods are things we want to promote and support, and gripes are things that annoy us. Darling. I do. I have a bunch of different things. I would say one good is, I may have mentioned on this podcast, but I am in a book club now that is yeah. not self-help based and not uh, deep books on personal fulfillment. It's not the wherever you go, there you are style of book. It's literally fiction and um, popular nonfiction books. So that's been very interesting. I had my book club last night. I would call it a, a very good. Um, and the next book on our list is, uh, we read a, the book called Normal People by Sally Rooney, which was a pretty interesting book. Um, and it was useful for me to just talk about something other than law or work or my children and just have that intellectual outlet. So um, 
and to be forced to read fiction books, really, with a deadline, <laughs> because I don't otherwise. Um, but the next book is Bad Blood. Do you know this book? No. It's about the Theranos um, blood testing machine startup. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, But yeah, I'm only 75 pages into that book, but it's uh, so far very interesting. So I would just say the good is getting outside of what what I normally do and into a new group of people and just new conversations, stretch my brain, do different stuff. Yeah, good. How about you? Well, my good, my good is like the opposite. It is squarely where my brain is most satisfied and comfortable. Um, and it turns out I just love female Canadian female artists writing songs that are retrospective. I I talked Whoa. about Tegan. This <laughs> well, is like, I talked so like weeks ago about Tegan and Sarah releasing this album. Right from they found these recordings from when they were in high school and they re-recorded them all. Yeah. And that just for some reason just makes me feel so warm and cozy and and great i just love it um and then lights who's another great canadian artist who i've have always just i've just admired her so much she's so creative and and does so many great things um it was it's been 10 years since she released her first album and um she released a song to celebrate that it features travis barker who's the drummer from blink 182 mm-hmm. uh, it's called long live and it's it's just like a celebration of what she's done for 10 years and it's wow. a great song and it's just, oh, God, I can't listen to it enough. It's so great. There's a swearing in it. <laughs> just so okay. you know. Oh, my God. But... <laughs> we're, we're not recommending family-friendly entertainment, that's what you're saying? I, just, okay. I think she's great. She's a parent. She writes these graphic novel comic books that relate to her albums. She has, like, hidden Easter eggs in her social media that reference both. It's just, like, she obviously has so found stuff that make makes her uh, happy. Uh, she's yeah. Anyway, she's completely unique, and and that song is great. Um, you were gonna say something? No, I was I just gonna it. agree wholeheartedly. I just she's awesome, and uh, yeah. I had the when you say she put her album out ten years ago, I, I had a little bit of a noticing time passed because <laughs> yeah. I was definitely around for those days, um, and yeah, she's just when I first saw her perform, I just thought this is a really unique artist. Yeah. Um, yeah. just 100. I always look for the artists who just really are themselves and inhabit themselves. So fully, she certainly fits into that category. So yeah, yeah she played a bunch on, when I worked on MTV live, uh, as a producer, she played a bunch on live. I shared a cross country airplane ride beside her once she was absolutely lovely. Anyway. So grape, do you have any grapes? Um, we were sort of griping briefly at the beginning of this podcast because I was on a, a field trip yesterday with my son, which was lovely and so good to be there for him. And, um, you know, I try to do those things, but I did find that it felt long walking around a farm, um, without control of the schedule or like what we wanted to do together. So I, that would probably be, it's not a gripe. It's like a, just an awareness, right? Sometimes you build things up in your mind. And I had kind of built up, I think, in my mind that this field trip would be fantastic. And this is going to be the best. This is going to be so great. We're going to like trip through the fields, picking pumpkins, and he'll just be so <laughs> thrilled that I'm there. And he'll understand the cost to me of being there. <laughs> and instead, it was more like, you know, I this is great. And I need to just adjust my expectations for what makes it great. That's kind of what I spent the yeah. day doing. And that was good. 
you know, met a lot of great parents and met the teacher and all that stuff. So very good way to spend the day. But uh, I was very aware of my, um, my own sort of role in that situation. So it, it's a goody gripey, as we say. How about you? You have yeah. a, a legit gripe, I bet. My gripe is <laughs> is about this bad dog in my neighborhood. It's so here's the situation. I walk my daughter to daycare in the morning, right? And the daycare is like, I don't know, seven minute walk. So I also walk the dog at the same time because two birds with one stone. Dog loves it. My daughter loves it. Great. We've recently, I don't know what this uh the dog owner is doing, but the dog owner stands at the corner every day at the same time that we're passing that corner. And she has a dog that like that tries to bite my dog. <laughs> like, oh, and no. most with bad dogs like cross the street and are aware that their dog is a uh, not good with others. But this uh, dog owner does not have that. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't, she, maybe she doesn't acknowledge it or, or whatever in her head. And so with my daughter and my dog every day, I have to briefly cross the street to avoid Marlo. His name is this bad dog. Uh, wow. And then <laughs> cross back over. Very gripey. It's fine. It's okay. I would rather be able to continue down the sidewalk I'm on. Anyway, that is my gripe. That is a gripe. When you first said yeah. bad dogs, I thought there would be a, a story related to Rosie about how no, Rosie's oh, up to no good. Rosie. No, our sweet Rosie. I think she's starting to lose her hearing. She's getting old. Aww. I love my little dog. Yeah. No, she's a, she's a, she's such a good she's a good dog. Oh my god, how old is she? <laughs> we don't know. Uh, we right. don't know because we got her as a rescue. She, so we're guessing like close to nine or ten. Oh but. wow, that's a. She's a very wise old dog. She is very wise. Yeah, All she's right. so sweet. We need to get more Rosie updates. We used to get those fairly regularly at the beginning, but we'll, we'll have to get back into that yeah. sometime. Okay, I'll do my best. Do your best. <laughs> okay, well, nice to chat with you. We will be back to report on our own completing this challenge next week, as well as moving on to our next topic. That is right. And we will talk soon. Talk soon. That's it for this week's episode of LLP. Thanks to Inter Alia Law for presenting the podcast and to Nick Fowler for composing and performing our music. See our show notes for his website. Don't forget, we love feedback. Please comment in the review section or subscribe or like. We'd appreciate it greatly. That's it. Talk soon.